Would you please join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you so much, Lord, for stories like um, the story behind the song of I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. It is, it is just one of those moments where we can really take a look at where, how we walk with you. And Lord, if we haven't yet made that decision, I just pray that today will be a day that we will really make that commitment to walk in the way that you have set before us, to be able to let you transform us and to let us be able to share that with others. So we thank you that you will um, speak powerfully through Bill, that you will bless today, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. His way. We saw two. We saw, I have decided, meekly dying, following Jesus Christ. That's his way. We, we see Christ coming, humbling himself, dying for us. That's his way. Today we're talking about his way. Uh, and again, I, I have to say up front that uh, many times it was mentioned in that video, this is foolishness. We wouldn't come up with this plan. We would reject this plan. No one sends their son or daughter to die such a brutal, uh, destructive death, publicly shamed in front of everyone. The message of the cross that we just heard, for those who are headed to destruction, uh, it's foolishness. To the ways of the world, it's foolishness. To all the modern teachers, philosophers, and people that you hear, it's just plain foolishness. Who would come up with such an idea? But to those who are, who are being saved, it is the power of God. It is only way that we can be saved. It is the way, not a way, the way. It destroys the wisdom of the wise, discards the intelligence of the intelligent. It leaves the philosophers and scholars, these brilliant debaters, the talking heads on TV, the people that we, we gather around for all this worldly wisdom, makes them look foolish. Jesus said he was the way. And we're in this series, and, and our, our point is, is, I don't like the word adamant or dogmatic, but our message is adamant. It's dogmatic that Jesus meant exactly what he said when he said he is the way, the truth, the life, and no one will come to God but through him. This is challenging. The Bible verses, everything that goes around Christianity, all the slogans and, and dusty theology, these verses just kind of blow them away. The claims heard in the video uh, and the objective proof that we've talked about last week and uh, quite often talk about that, that this is Jesus' way. This really happened. You know, we started a, a seven-week series. Uh, this will be the third week of it. We started it because we live in an age of deception. Rarely can we hear the truth. Uh, in our culture today, we're, we're not going to find it through CNN or Fox News, the two polar opposites of wisdom of the world that come at us. We're not going to hear it there. We're not going to hear it uh, in different places. We're certainly not going to hear it in academia. The college campuses are purging all Christian thought and teachings outside of it. We're not going to hear it anywhere else. You know, in a seven-week series, our, our goal is to be really confrontive to the age and the times with which we live. We want to be able to say clearly God's message. You know, we're going to be looking at proof. Uh, last week we looked at that, uh, fulfilled prophecies, uh, documented evidence, 
uh, the undeniable proof uh, that Jesus is who he said he was, that he rose from the dead. You know, it's, if you have doubts, the challenges are in front of us. I challenge everyone, and, and Nick did a great job last week of challenging everyone. If, if you doubt, you don't feel that you've got a strong evidence base to stand on when you talk about Jesus and think about Jesus, look at the evidence. He gave you, last week he talked about three atheists, very intelligent, brilliant men known in their fields that went out to disprove Jesus. They all became Christians. They all became followers of Christ. Because if you honestly look at the evidence, you are forced to bow to it. I'm going to add one more, one of my favorites this week. Uh, another atheist that went out to disprove one of the greatest minds of, of the last century was a guy named C.S. Lewis. If you haven't read his book, Mere, Mere Christianity, Mere, just, it's just Christianity. If you haven't read his book, I encourage you to do it. He talks about his journey and his search. And as, and as he goes out as an atheist, of course, he becomes a follower of Christ. But he says at the end of his search, he, he, he came up and he made a statement that, I, that, that, that really was part of changing my life. He said, when you look at Christ, each person here, when you look at Christ, you've got to make a decision. Is there, there's no neutral ground. Either we look at Jesus and we say, well, he was a great deceiver. He was a liar. He was deceiving the people, telling them he was God and, and all. He was a deceiver. He was, he was a liar. Or, or he had illusions of grandeur, and he was a lunatic. He was out of his mind. He went and said all these things, did all these things, and ultimately dies on the cross. That's a lunatic. Or he's either a liar, he's a lunatic, or his Lord. He is exactly who he said he is. And he was exactly who he said he was then, and he's exactly who he said he was today. This is the, the challenge, the point of this whole series is to make sure we, we get the right Jesus. The right Jesus as we go forward. Next five weeks, we're going to take apart this, this last verse. Uh, we're going to start this week with I'm the way. We're going to talk about the way. Next week, we'll talk about the truth, not a truth, the truth against which all other propositions are measured. Next, the life, the life we live. The life Christ lived, we're called to live. Do we live that? And then uh, we'll look at the way that any of us can come to know God and go to heaven and not go to hell. So we're going to look at these each week. We'll take them apart uh, and, and go forward with them. And, and again, why we're doing this. Uh, we live in a a time when very few follow Christ. Jesus knew that. He knew his message was radical. He knew his approach was radical. He turns says, you can only enter the kingdom of God through a very narrow gate. The way, the way to God, the way of following Jesus is narrow. Very few. And it's hard. You know, Christianity is not, is not the escape to an easier life. It actually gets harder because we, we now take on the evil forces of this world and inside of ourselves so that we might live a life of Christ. That's not easy. To do right in, in situations day after day after day, ask any husband, ask any wife that gets up every day and sacrifices themselves for their mate. Uh, look at parents that sacrifice for their kids. The, it's, to do right is never easy, and Jesus said that. So if you're on a path that's, that's challenging, uh, 
inspiring on top of that? Well, it's narrow and, and few companions. You're on the right path. Go for it. If you got, you're walking the Broadway and, and you got a lot of friends, all the psychologists and the uh, people on the outside patting you on the back, telling you you're doing good, you're on the wrong path. Just the, the reality is we need to do a, a check on that as we go forward. We live in a culture where admittedly 10% are atheists. They say there is no God. Uh, they deny all the evidence. 36% of the people in our population today are nuns. It's not N-U-N, it's N-O-N-E-S, none. I have no religious affiliation. Everyone says, I'm spiritual, but I haven't identified with any specific way. I'm kind of picking and choosing as I go. And literally what they're saying is, it's my way. And, and I'm defined. I'm none, I'm not picking anything else. Uh, next, and by the way, that nuns has doubled in the last 10 years. 59% of millennials, 23 to 38 who were raised in the church, who knew all the truth, the Bible stories that seemed to felt uh, boards and all that other stuff, have now left Christianity and no indication they're coming back. In our culture today, 30% of the people now recognize in our, in our culture today, close to over 60% will say they're Christian, even though they may put themselves in a nun category or all this, but they, they, they call themselves a Christian. But yet, under 30, only 1% understands biblical Christianity. Under 20, it's not measurable. Why am I doing this? Why am I using these numbers and, and throw them around? I want everyone's attention. If it's not you I'm speaking to, it's someone you love. It's one of your kids. It's one of your parents. It's one of your neighbors. And so to carry the correct message to them is huge. It's hidden. The good news, it says, is hidden behind a veil. Only from those people who are perishing you know, Satan, the God of this world, and make no doubt, Satan is the God of this world, can blind the minds of those who don't believe. Can't see the good news. You, you're not going to see it in school. God's kicked out. You're not going to see it in government. He's banned. You can't bring his principles, his teachings, into government or school lives or places like that. For 50 years, we, we've had a, the worship of humanism in our public education system. Jesus not allowed. Uh, going forward. But a time is coming, and sadly, that's the culture out there. Sadly, this teaching is now inside the churches. I, I can say this with great confidence. Most churches, and I can statistically prove it, don't teach the way of Jesus Christ. They teach another way. Uh, false teachers have come. They'll, they'll give up sound doctrine. They'll, talk, they'll look for people with itching ears, will accumulate to themselves to suit their own desires. You, you don't have to listen to an old bald guy rant and rave at you and telling you, you that Christ is real and, and you need to go his way, not your way. There's multiple churches where you can go to where they'll say, oh, God loves you. You're okay as long as you sincerely believe whatever you believe. Uh, I sincerely believe that chocolate is one of the best things you can ever get your hands on. <laughs> but it is not going to take me to heaven, by the way. Uh, may give me a taste of it. But, so this, this, these false teachings have permeated the church. It's just not culture. If you look at this, I, I put these up. And, and now this is a challenge to each person, please. It's a challenge to me. It, a biblical worldview means that you see God, the world through God's eyes. Only 10% of the people who go to church regularly and serve in churches believe that. Uh, the same thing, claim that God is our highest priority. Really? God is not highest priority? 
Moral absolutes exist as defined by the Bible. Only 16% of the people who are calling those Christians do that. And again, most important decision, Jesus, 20%. Come on. If it's not 100%, what's wrong? Okay, I've got an opinion. Did you catch it as we went by? Uh, we're challenged. The way is narrow. The companions are few. We're going to have to go forward and look for truth. And that's the, that's the purpose of this series. And, and today we start with a very simple statement, really, because it sounds so simple to say Jesus is the way. But he's also not only just Jesus is the way. You see, Jesus is the way of God. So today we're going to look at, at the way of God and the way of Jesus. The word way in the, where it's written is the word hodos. Doesn't hodos have a good sound to it? Yo, hodos. Uh, never mind. It's a... Sorry. It's a course of conduct, a way, a manner of thinking, feeling, and deciding. It's our way. It's the way we do it. And, and we know what that means if you take a step back. Everyone that you know has got kind of a way about them, a, a, a way of doing life, a way of interacting with people, a way of thinking, a way of making decisions. That's hodos. And Jesus said, well, if you're following me, you're following my way because it's the way. So Jesus is the, is, is the hodos that we're talking about in all of these things. And, 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 and by the way, when Jesus made the statement, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, one of the disciples challenged him, came up and said, well, well, well come on, if you, who are you and, and everything else? And Jesus said, if you'd known me, you'd known the Father, you knew God. He goes, show us the Father. And Jesus says, you're looking, you're looking at holiness standing right in front of you. You're looking at the reality of God in, in a human body, but it's God moving. And it goes on to say that, he, that Jesus radiates God's own glory and expresses the character of God. When Jesus walked on this earth, he showed us the character of God. He showed us the way God is. And more personal, he showed us the way we're supposed to be. We're supposed to put on the nature, the character, the way, the hodos of God as we live our lives down here. That's, what does that look like? What does it look like to, to walk down here in, in the narrow way, the hard way? I'm going to just mention a few parts of the way that Jesus offered us. First, Jesus, representing God, being God, his way was love, his hodos. His way of seeing things, doing things was, was love, not love in, in the romantic, tee-hee kind of Hollywood stuff that you fall in and out and fall of, and it's all. <laughs> I like the tee-hee love, okay? I'm married. I love my wife in a, in a tee-hee way. Don't tell her I called her tee-hee, but uh, probably shouldn't have said that. But, but there's a love of God that makes my marriage work that makes every marriage work. It's, it's, it's a love that's, that's unearned, unmerited, unchanging, unconditional. It's a love that God has for us. And, and that's the, the way that what we're called to, Jesus tells us, uh, love each other. And this word is, is a special Greek word, agape, which is unconditional, all that. Love each other. Just Jesus, I have loved you. Take my love and give it to other people. And, and if we do that, if we walk Jesus' way and love other people the way 
the way Christ loved, and then the world will see that we're Christians. So if, if we go to school, we go to work, we go in our relationships, in our home, and we're not showing that way, we're not showing Christ. But if we do, if we do show that kind of love, we're transforming lives because we're showing other people the way we walk in, our hodos, and, and we invite them into it. And, and, and make no mistake that we are invited into that same way. We're invited to show the world God's love. That's this way is love. The next way is a way of compassion. And I, and I put a, so many people say there's one God in the Old Testament and a God in the New Testament. No, same God. This is from the Old Testament. The Lord is good to everyone. He shows compassion to everyone. Compassion to be, this is kind of, well, it, it's the, this is what the word means. Uh, compassion is to be moved as to one's bowels, hence a movement of compassion. Have compassion. The thoughts at that time, they said, this, this heart of us, and we all have a heart. We all have a center core uh, of us. He says, it is God's heart, his center being is compassion to reach out for other people with compassion to help them. This, Jesus saw the crowd and he had compassion because they were fused and confused and helpless without a shepherd. They needed leadership. And I like this. Jesus had a, came down from a mountain and suddenly a man with leprosy approached him and knelt down before him. Now, leprosy, I've, I've done this before. I, I didn't pull one up, but I, I put up pictures. If you haven't ever seen what leprosy looks like when it's developing in a person's life, it's a, it's a rotting disease that you watch a person with, with their fingers just rotting away, their face rotting away to the skull as they go back. It's a hideous, uh, hideous disease, destructive. And if you had leprosy back in the day, you would have to move from place to place, screaming, uh, unclean, unclean, warning everybody that they shouldn't even get near you. If you didn't do that, or if you went near a village, they would drive you out. They would stone you. If you watch the movie The Tribune, there's a short scene in it where uh, a leper is moving in the background of the disciples, and you see him moving, and the people are throwing things at him, and he's dusting the air. He's a, he's a leper. Jesus goes over and does what Jesus does. He touched him. He could have stood back and said, be healed. But he didn't. He went up and engaged him and touched him. You know, that's compassion. And we're called to that way also. You know, so often, in, and, and it's challenging in the world we live in, because uh, we're told to go out and heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, cast out demons. Freely we've given, freely received. Because Christ gave up his life, we should give up ours. Very simple, well-known verses. But there are people that we say are unclean. Whether it's AIDS, homeless, uh, whatever it may be, different lifestyles, whoever they are, oh, they're unclean. Oof. And we almost request them to scream unclean when they come around us, walk in some kind of condemnation. We as followers of Christ with compassion, that's the world we're called to. This is not the world where we function and show Christ, although it's good, but this isn't it. The real test of the way is when we run into that which is disagreeable, even disgusting to us as we interact with it. That's the way of compassion. We're called to it. Uh, 
we're called to do that. If we don't do it, if someone has enough money or ability to help someone and doesn't do it, shows no compassion, how can God's love be in it? They're not in the way. And even our enemies, even those who are totally dead set against us, Jesus said, love your enemies, do good to them without expecting to be repaid. You see the last part of it? You must be compassionate as our Heavenly Father is compassionate. This is, a, this is a movement of self, of compassion to other people. That's the way. And also, and, and the most, I think, personally, one of the most challenging things for me as an obstacle to following Christ is uh, the way of Jesus is submission to God. Yes, the S word, submission. Let me say it again. Submission, submission, submission. It's the S word. We're to be submissive. We're to bow our hearts and our will before the one who died for us. You know, Jesus said, you know, I, this is the Son of God walking in the flesh. He says, I can do nothing on my own. I judge as God tells me. My judgment's true, but I carry out the will of the one who sent me. Not my will, his will. I've come down from heaven to do the will of God. And, and we know the final prayer that, that's recorded when he's uh, sitting there in, in the garden and he knows what's going to happen. He knows he's going to be tortured. He knows he's going to be betrayed. He knows he's going to be beaten. He's going to be stripped naked and hung up in front of all of his followers and crucified. He knew that was there. A matter of hours. And this was all going to happen. And, 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 and yet he said, this is, I'm going to obey God. It's his will, not mine. You know, so many times we, we hit something and we know we're supposed to do it and, and we don't do it. Jesus says, if you're called and walk his way, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. The Ten Commandments are not multiple choice. I'm going to obey this one today. I'll get the rest tomorrow. It's a a package deal. You know, one of the struggles that a parent strives to bring about in their child is what's called first-time obedience. When you've so trained your children, they know when you say something, that they have to do it. They get to do it, if you really do it right, that they obey, first-time obedience. This is, this is what you want, trained to the eye. This is, this is proper parenting. Not brutally submitting, you know, pounding someone down, but w- leading them through discipline, love, and example onto the right way of becoming an adult. You see, we're required to have first-time obedience to God. It's not, he doesn't, when he gives us a command, he isn't inviting us to a debate or a discussion or, well, I think you're wrong on that one, God. (laughs) Be sure, I was just thinking of one of my kids coming up to me and saying, Dad, I think you're wrong on that one. I'm going to do what I want to do. Oh, really? (laughs) Let's discuss that. Uh, Sorry, I just couldn't let that one go. Uh, we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. If I claim to know God and I don't obey his commandments, I'm a liar. And, and it goes on and it says, uh, because those who obey God's word show truly how much they love him because it's a love response. Just like in parenting, it becomes a love respect response. Uh, we're living in those who say they live in God should live as Jesus did. Follow his way. Follow his way of obedience. And everything that goes forward inside of our lives. You know, we live in an age, and I'll point this out next week a lot because we're going to talk about truth. We live in the age of, of, of personal freedom. 
everyone's personal freedom is their highest value. To give up control of our life, to give up uh, uh, our, our plans and everything else for his plans. It's, it's a battle inside of our world as we're told to do our own thing. Uh, and, and, and yet the, the scripture says that ultimately there will be a time we'll all stand face to face to Christ. And, and as we stand before him, Jesus said, not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord, not everyone who has a Christian t-shirt, not everyone who's got a bumper sticker will enter the kingdom of God. And even those who do a bunch of works, he says that only those who actually do the will of the Father will, only those who follow Jesus' way of submission and Jesus' way of obedience, they'll say, Lord, Lord, we did this, we prophesied in your name, we cast out demons, whoa, Many mighty miracles. And what does he say? I never knew you. You break God's laws. It becomes the ultimate reality of, of where our obedience is. Do we, and again, it's, we all sin and fall short. Okay, let's get that down there. But not willingly. We don't do acts of commission. We don't go out and set purposely. We cannot if we're followers of Christ as we go forward. But also, uh, but on the other side, it's just not... Com- uh, sins of commission it's also sins of omission there are things we choose not to do that's challenging as we go forward okay jesus way is a way of holiness there's the words you don't get thrown around you tell your kids to grow up but tell your kids be holy look in the mirror and say be holy today bill wow you see that's that's what jesus was His way was a way of holiness. Even the demons looked at him and said, we know who you are, Jesus. You're the Holy One of God. You know, we we speak when Christ come back to God. For Christ made him who never sinned to be an offering for our sin, that we can be made right with God. Jesus never sinned. Again, one of those statistics that I just shake my head at, 40% of Christians who check Christians says Jesus sinned when he was on earth. If your Jesus sinned, he can't pay for your sins because he was dealing with his own. The only way he can be an all-sufficient Savior for our sin is for him to be sinless. His sacrifice could be accepted. The way of holiness that is there, you know, the holy life, 100%. We seek God. We still sin. We still fall short. But we strive to be holy holy as he is holy live as obedient children don't slide back into our former manner of life all of us that know christ had a former manner of life mine was the one of partying addiction immorality foolishness stupidity uh i was good at being a sinner rat dog it took 33 years of perfecting my way to find out it wasn't the right way that Christ was the right way to not, and I, my, I challenge never slide back to it. We must be holy because our Father is holy. If you've heard, of, if you're here, you've heard about Jesus, you claim Jesus, then then the challenge is there to throw off the junk, the, all the lust and deception. Renew our mind. Get get a God worldview, and change our our thoughts and our attitudes, and put on a new nature created to be like God. Truly righteous and, and holy. Every follower of Christ is, 
is called to holiness. How could we be? How could we strive for less? Uh, do we become perfect? No, but our heart can be striving for holiness. We're called to do that. We live in a sinful world, a country that's daily falling deeper and deeper into the pits of sin. TV, internet, all of these things are taking place. We're called to be holy, to do everything right, to renew our minds. You know, the internet today, the TV today, uh, 50% of, of male uh, adults at least once a month will go to a porn site. Uh, 40% are addicted. We live in a challenging time. But there's also sin in not doing the right thing. If we know the right thing to do and don't do it, I, I, I don't believe, I've, I've never talked to anyone who claims to be a Christ follower when I said, well, are, are, tell me about your time with God. So often, it's almost a litmus test. Well, I just don't have time. I'm too busy right now. I do, you know, all these reasons for not reading the Bible. If you're a follower of Christ, if you claim to be a follower of Christ, well, reading the Bible, or if you're even seeking Christ, to say you're not reading the Bible is to say we're, it's like cutting off our hand, our arm, or something, because it's our hope. It's God's Word. So the sins of commission or doing things, sins of omission, and sins of omission could be not reading the Bible, not serving when God calls us to serve, not serving our wife or family or whatever it may be. Omission. And, and, and as we go forward in this, uh, Jesus' way is a way of serving other people. This, this story is uh, where Jesus put this on the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, this happened on the last night. And what happened was the disciples gathered in a room. They were going to have the Passover feast celebrating uh, the, the, the bondage of the people of Israel being released uh, from Egypt. And it's also our celebration of our bondage from the world. Uh, but Jesus, at this time, he, all his disciples are around, uh, and they're, they're ready for this meal. But the foot washer didn't show up. So they had stinketh feet. I mean, they walked with donkey dung all over the streets. They had all this. They were dirty, filthy. And when you, when you ate in, in those days, you would lay at a table. And so your new best friend was your, the next person's feet right in front of you. And so you're eating your dinner, looking at stinky gucky feet so feet washing or foot washing was an appropriate thing to do before that meal that he didn't show up so jesus said i'll wash your feet so he gets down and and takes off his coat and puts a towel around him and and he, and he poured water and he he washed their feet wash their feet even judas's feet he went around the room but then later he says okay that's my way and he says oh by the way now it's your way he says, because I've done that, and I'm your Lord, and I'm your master, I call you to wash each other's feet. You know, that's, uh, I tell you the truth, slave's not greater than a master, nor the messenger than the more important one who sends him. Do the things that I did. Follow my way. Be a servant. And I, I don't know where you serve. It could be at work. Are you a servant there? You should be. Servant at church? Are you, are you part of the mission team, the meal train team, the uh, train that takes place, the uh, service groups here at the church or out in community. Uh, tomorrow we're going to do MLK, Martin Luther King. Celebration is a chance to serve the community. Join us for that. Service, by the way, and following Christ always comes with a price because 
following Christ's way is sacrificial because his way was sacrificial. You know, he says that good shepherd lays down his life, sacrifices his life for his sheep. That's what Jesus did. And he tells us that uh, in his life, he didn't consider equality with God a thing to be grasped. He was in heaven. He, was, he had it made. He leaves heaven and comes here. He sacrificed all of that to come here and commit the ultimate sacrifice. Even though he existed in the form of God, he put it aside, humbled himself to the point of obedience on the cross for you and me. It's sacrificial. You know, the way is narrow because very few people are willing to sacrifice. And, and that's what we're told to do. We're told to don't look out for the, your own personal interest, but look out for the interest of others as you go forward. This is, this is don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble in thinking. Have the attitude, the hodos that Christ had. We should come into a room looking to serve, not to be served. Biblical Christianity, and this is, we're trying to establish that in this series, is sacrificial. It costs us everything. Biblical Christianity is laying our lives down, being crucified with Christ, taking on his life as he lives through us. It's, if, if there's areas of our life we try and hang on to and, and not follow, well, we'll lose our life. But if we, if we give up our life, just as Christ did for us, then we'll be saved. You see, it's sacrificial. Very straightforward. Sacrificial. Many false teachers will tell you today that you should be healthy, wealthy, wise, and, and, and you don't give up anything. You just take Jesus and all the blessings flow upon you. Well, that may be true in, in the spiritual sense, but not necessarily in the physical. There's missionaries suffering all over the world. There are Christians dying and starving and in prison, but they're laying their lives down. They've given up control of it. Can't hang on to anything. And the way of, I love this, the way of Jesus, his way is peace. He walked in peace. If there was ever a human being that walked in a sinful world against opposition and persecution, it was Jesus Christ. For three years, he was rejected. He was mocked. He was scoffed at. Uh, he lived really with, with a robe on his back, his only possession, as he moved from city to city walking, not, not driving, you know, and being limoed around. He walked. He walked with his disciples. One of the things you, you have to put ourselves back, and, and this was the, the way of the day, but you'd walk until the end of the day, and then you'd get your robe, and you'd lay down on the ground, and sleep day after day month after year three years in a row he he walked with these guys as they went from one place to another opposition flew at him and yet he could tell to his disciples and look at him and say oh peace i leave with you my peace if he didn't have that peace his disciples would say yeah right like me saying to you i want you to have my peace Bill, you're a stress case. I don't want that stuff. <laughs> Hope you won't say that. But it's, it's lurking. Uh, but he goes, I give you my peace. Not as the world gives. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't be fearful. There's a peace. I've told this. You can have peace in me. In the world, we're going to have trials. It's a guarantee. You're going to have trials. That's what's here. That's life. 
We live in a sinful world. But we can have peace inside of that as we go forward. The go-to verse in all of this is Jesus when he invites us to come to him. If we're weary, we're heavy laden, we're burdened, we're beat up, come to Christ. And he'll give us rest. The favorite, one of my most powerful phrases is that last one. He says, uh, you'll find rest for your souls. In our inner being, even the turmoils around us, we can have peace in our souls on the inside. Because his life, his yoke, when we're going his way, doing his thing with his gifts and his power and his companionship, then the load gets light. We're doing it our way. It's, it's not light. We're picking up our stuff. One of the things when I, when I find myself overworked and overstressed, it, it isn't from him. It's from me not listening. It's the way of peace. Summary, very simple. Jesus is the way. But it's foolishness to most people. Most people, even having here, will reject it. We'll walk out of here and, and our lives won't change. It's, uh, it's foolishness to the world. But it is the power of God to those who are being saved. You know, so we, we embrace it. And as we embrace it, we want to put on Jesus. We want to put on his way. Since we've heard about him, enter his way. The hard way. Uh, you know, loving others, following God, looking at the, the peace that's there. That's his way, a way of holiness. You know, that's the offer he gives us, a way. What we do with that is, is up to us to follow. Just join me in prayer, please. Father, we thank you that you're God. And you've sent your son, Jesus Christ, to, to be and to show us the way, the truth, and the life. And it, he is the way to eternal life with you. Thank you, Lord, for the gift that you've given us. Let each of us examine ourselves and to see if we're walking in, in his way, with his compassion, with his love, with his attitude and his service. We thank you. Pray in Christ's name. Amen.